Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavu as we study Masech Sivamas Daf Lamed Aleph. I'm very thrilled to be able to give the shear during Hanukkah. I'm recording the shear before Pasha's Miketz, Hanukkah Tufshin Pei Aleph. Hanukkah is a beautiful Chag, very different style Hanukkah this year during a pandemic. But we like during Hanukkah to always focus on Inyane Torah Shabbat Peh. Why do I say that? Hanukkah is a Durabanan Chag. In many ways, it's actually the first Durabanan Chag. Even though historically, we know that Purim took place before Hanukkah. Hanukkah is taking place by Yashani, Purim between Bayas Rishon and Bayashani. Purim, in many ways, is somewhere between a Darais and a Durabanan because you're still living in the prophetic period. In fact, when we studied for Dafa Shavua Mesechus Megillah, we raised the question of why there's no Baal Tosef when it comes to the holiday of Purim. How could the Mordechai and Esther and the leaders of the Jewish community, the Sanhedrin at that time, add a Chag? And Rashi Mesechus Megillah, right there on the spot, says you don't have such a question when it comes to Hanukkah because Hanukkah is Drabanah. And based on the Pasuk and Parsha Shoftim of following the Chachamim, the leaders of your generation, that you can't go Yomina Small to the right or to the left of it, we don't have that question. Torah Shabal Peh, the Mesorah, is anchored, of course, in a Doraisa Pasuk that's found in Parsha Shoftim. I mentioned this today, not only because it's Hanukkah, but why I'm so excited to always teach Torah Shabal Peh on Hanukkah, and I'm going to spend some time as the shear develops in how this relates to our Masechta in general and in particular to this daf. You see, this daf is a phenomenal example of looking beyond the specific issues in the Shakir Vitalia of Yuvamis, which is very important, of course, but you'll see other issues that are included. And that's what we've been doing, especially the last few weeks to show you not just issues of Yavamos, but within Masechus Yavamos, how we learn a lot, as we did last week, about Erisin and Nesuin. You have on the staff some of the basic principles of a get. The fact that a get has to have a date on it. As well as we learn on the staff some very fundamental issues of Chazaka, which are such important principles that aren't going to be spelled out explicitly in the Torah, that are part of our Torah Shabbat Peh. And the issue of Chazaka is not just the question of a status of a woman. Do we say yes Chazaka, no Chazaka, and how does Edus and testimony relate to that? But it's also a question, as the Gemara raises, in a Choshe Mishpat perspective. Money, financially, what's the assumption? We basically operate with a chazaka, that the money is in the possession of the person who is holding on to it. And hamotzi mechavero, olav haraya. But what I want to really focus on today, and you'll see how I wrap back to Torah Shvalpeh and to the theme of Hanukkah, is the Gemara's analysis of the difference between Ashtar Erisin and a star Giddin. The star Giddin we call the Get. What do we mean by the star Erison? 
So the assumption that the Gemara is making is that we already know the Mishnah Maseches Kiddushin. In the very beginning of Maseches Kiddushin, the Mishnah tells us that a woman could be acquired. And let's remember that being acquired over here, the Me'iri highlights this, the Gemara itself highlights this in Maseches Kiddushin. This is not, Chas Shalom a legal acquisition. It's an elevation of status. But we use the term Kenyan, and there are formal Kenyanim acquisitional elements that take place, but we should never look at a woman or a man as being acquired in that perspective. So there are three ways to do it. A woman could be Kona with Kesef. Kesef, or as what we do today very often, what's called Shava Kesef, you know, under the chuppah, you hear always the Masada Kedushin making some jokes. Is this worth at least a, a shava pruta, which is already alluded to in the last daf? How do we make those determinations? That's kasef. Could technically be coins as well, but historically, as we'll explain briefly, a ring is the way to go. Even though not uh, ma'akev, and even today in certain Sephardic communities, they don't use a ring. Star, which is what the Gemara is talking about, a star Kedushin, still would require an Amira. The man would still have to say to the woman, but it wouldn't be with the Tabas, it wouldn't be with the ring, or with the Kesef, there would be a star. Or the third possibility is Bia. We've already alluded to in previous Shiurim why Bia is absolutely not the way to go. And the famous statement of Rav, who said anyone who has a Kedushin effectuated through Bia should get Malkus Mardus, which is a rabbinic form of Malkus. What I want to try to explain today is first we're going to go through what seems like a technical Gemara, and it is the difference between the Shtar Get and the Shtar Erison. We're not talking here about the Ksuba. That was a question some people raised to me. The Ksuba is associated with the Nisuin. Here you have two opposite extremes. The beginning of the Isha's period, beyond Shiduchin, as we've explained. The Shtar Kiddushin, we call that engagement. Halachic engagement. And on the other extreme, the Shtar Giddin, what we call the Get. So I want to go through the three reasons why there's no Zman, why there's no requirement to have the date on the Shtar Erison. Going just through through that Gemara, we're going to learn some important principles. And then I want to come back and explain why none of us have seen a Shtar Erison. Very sorry about that noise. This should be a little bit better. So the Gemara says that the reason why there's no Zman by a Kedushin, Gemara gives a few reasons. One reason it gives actually relates to what we discussed last year, and you can find this discussed in the Rambam, Perik Beis Mehilchas Ishus, Halacha Aleph, as well as uh, Halacha Gimel, in the Torah Shulchan Aruch, Evan Ezer, Samach Des Aleph, and Gimel. And I'm giving you the sources just to reinforce what we pointed out last week that after the Arison, the woman still is in her father's house, and her husband doesn't have the rights to what is referred to here in the Gemara, and this would bring us into a much 
a larger discussion to the peire, right, to her fruit. The fruit over here that's being referred to is the benefits, the financial benefits that she ends up, that he ends up getting from her in consideration for some of the benefits that she gets from him. The nichse mulug, etc. We're not going to go through all the details. So this just reinforces that point. But at the Giddin point, right, he's not allowed to gain anything from her financially after the time of the get. This comes up halacha lamasa because today you end up in a situation where there's a divorce. You're going to have a civil divorce and you're going to have a halachic divorce. And sometimes there's going to be a need to understand. And then how exactly does the economic system of the United States or of New Jersey, because some of these laws are state-wise, how does that impact on the halachas of Giddin and the idea of Karen and Nixay Malog, etc.? We generally say we follow Dina the law of the land. But that's only when we're purely in Mominus. Maybe if we're in Ishus, we're in Isravaheter. So I'm just dropping this here as a bomb, but it is a question that has halacha masa impact. Then the Gemara gives a different suggestion. The way it's presented in the Gemara, these suggestions are mutually exclusive based on other discussions in the Gemara, is the Gemara says that since Giddin, the only way to effectuate a get is with a document, so in a document you have to have Zman. But Kiddushin, since it could be effectuated, as we pointed out, let's say Bizman Hazeh, with Kesef, and there's no way that you're going to put a Zman on Kesef, so you don't have to put it on a document either. And then the Gemara says, okay, but that shouldn't be a reason to not allow it or not require it to go on Shtar, especially if it's a common form of Erisin. And this is the point that I wanted to stress, and we'll come back to for the last part of the Shir, Hacha Ruba Bekaspa. So we see even at the time of the Gemara, the common way of performing Erisin was with Kesef. And the Halacha of Zman is going to follow the common way, not the rare way, which would be Shtara. So we're going to come back to that in a second and try to understand why that took place and why that uh, would be the approach of why we reject not only Kiddushin Abiyah, but here also we're seeing the rejection of Kiddushin with a star. I just wanted to uh, parenthetically point something else out from Ben Adam Lachavero perspective, because the Gemara also raised the possibility of, uh, this was the second possibility in the Gemara, I'm presenting as the third, is the reason why you need to get is you'll have a situation the way it's presented in the Gemara where someone marries their niece, but we don't need to get so technical, where the man, the husband, is going to try to cover up for his wife in order to protect her, that she shouldn't be considered that she had relations outside of the marriage. But we need to know, the Bezda needs to know, for the punishment, the exact time that she uh, had an adulterous affair. And that's why you need a Zman on the get, and you can't have any type of forgery that takes place. And you don't have the same issue by the Aresin. So without getting into the Aresin Kedushin and the Nesuin and the get issue, it's just interesting that even within the context of a get, you see here that the man will be motivated in order to help the person who has acted outside the realm 
of marriage. I just thought it was a beautiful piece. Now again, the halacha is going to win the day, and you can't cover up a crime that needs to be punished. But, you know, we see too, too often in a divorce situation where couples will do whatever's possible to destroy each other. And it seems sometimes even until death, but it, here we see uh, a more sensitive approach to it, even in, within the context of this terrible sin of an affair that took place. What I want to focus on now for the rest of the year is what happened, right? Why is it that Kesef, the Gemara is itself saying it, that Kesef is the winning day and not Shtar. Now, I'm going to share with you something that I'd learned from Rav Shechter many years ago. I I went back to, to look it up. And I think it's a satisfactory explanation. Rav Shachter really was focusing on why the Rambam went out of his way to highlight that the Kenyan that takes place through Kesef is called Divrei Sofra. And he explains things based on what's happening at the time of the Rambam. But I think it's going to be relevant here as well. And that's how we'll spend the rest of this year. So let, let me explain what's going on. If you look into the Rambam in the, in the beginning of Hilchas Ishus, in Perik Aleph, and you also need to look at, we're not going to get to do all this inside, in Perik Gimel of Hilchas Ishus, where the Rambam is talking about Kiddushin. So the Rambam says that there are three ways to do Kiddushin. Kasef, Shtar, or Bia. He throws Bia right out the window, as we have as well, based on the teaching of Rav. He explains as well, and I'm combining what you find in Perik Aleph of Hichasishus with Perik Gimel of Hichasishus. The Rambam says the way people do it today is that people do it through Kesef. And the way we do it actually is not through literal Kesef, but is through Shava Kesef, which is a ring. And I probably won't have a chance today to, to give you a little bit of the history of the ring. You already see it mentioned in the Ramah from a Zohar that that was the practice. You have it in other places as well. There's something in Sefer Ezra about it. There's a Dasakani Bali Tosfos on Chumash that talks about the ring. So there's a lot about the history of the ring, which at another time we'll, we'll discuss in detail. But what Roshachter points out, and it's pretty obvious once you look at the Rambam, is the Rambam, when he talks about the Kenyan that we use, he calls it Divrei Sofra. Kesa, uh, Shtar and Bia, it's a Doraisa, but this is called Divrei Sofra, which kind of begs the question that many raise, and there's a very long Kesa Mishnah in the first parak in Hilchasishus that raises this question, why is the Rambam referring to as Divrei Sofra? What Rav Shechter explains, and again, this is really in the Kesa Mishnah, is that Divrei Sofrim, in this context, at least in the Rambam, does not mean that it's a Dirabana. It doesn't mean that we're going to end up using a Rabbanan form of Kiddushin. It's just that it's the Torah Shabal Peh that explains to us that Kesef works, which means from a Torah level, you would understand through Bia and through Shtar. But on a Durabanan level, it's, a, it's Torah Shabal Peh that, again, we're celebrating on Hanukkah, and that's why I'm highlighting it so much. That is the choice, 
And that's why it's called Divrei Sofrim. What Rav Shechter pointed out is that he believed that the reason why the Rambam was taking so much to stress this and even to distinguish, even though at the end of the day it's all Doraisa, right? Just because something is interpreted by the Chachamim doesn't mean that it's not a Doraisa. We're not talking about a rabbinic rule. Kiddushin is Doraisa. Now, whether the Doraisa is the actual marriage, according to some, it's what leads up to Puruvu. But either way, it's still a Doraisa. It's just that the learning is processed through Torah Shabbat Peh. And what Roshapta suggests is this was a reaction to the Karaites. We usually understand the Karaites and we match them up with the Tztukim. It's not exactly the same, but especially during the period of Gaonim and to the times of Rishonim, and you know that they lived around uh, at the time of the Rambam, not just in Eretz Yisrael as we see today, but in Egypt. And there are different groups of Karaites, but the Karaites in general each group's a little bit different, rejected different aspects, either different aspects or f- complete Torah Shabbat Peh. So what Rav Shechter said is, we go out of our way to use a Divrei Sofrim type of Kiddushin to react to the Karaites who said, and this is what they were spreading in the community, that you could only have a marriage through Bia or you could only have a marriage through Shtar. I'm highlighting Shtar. You cannot have a marriage be effectuated through Kesef. So you know what we do? We build our Jewish family on Divrei Sofer. We build our Jewish families based on the way the Chachamim interpret the law. So this you see again in the Onik period post, but I would suggest, and I haven't done more research, that even back at the time of the Gemara, this could have been the reason that we went with Kesef and not with Shtar. I wasn't able to find sources, at least on the surface. I'll try to go a little bit deeper this week to find them. But this is the sources that Rav Shechter mentioned, so I think that's good enough for me. But even from our Gemara, Rav Shechter doesn't quote our Gemara. In our Gemara, you already see that they're going with Kesef. It could be that it was a reaction to the Stukim. Again, Karaites and Sadukim aren't the same period, but clearly during the time of the Gemara, you had those that were trying to undermine Tarash Shabbat What I would have said without knowing all of this is that because Shtar is so often associated with Get, so maybe we want to have a more romantic type of giving. But then you would ask me, how about Ksuba? And then, I, I don't know if I would be able to answer. It's interesting as well, something that I heard from Rav Shechter, <coughs> based on a Mordechai, is that even the Kesef that we use is not pure Kesef. We use Shave Kesef, which we already explained, is interpreted by Torah Shemal Pes. So you have the principles of the Chachamim anchored in Torah law that end up winning the day. Now, for full disclosure, and this would be a discussion for another time, this is not the only way to read the Rambam. There are alternative ways to read the Rambam, including the Rambam's own son, in, in his Truvos, that seems to have a different reading in Rav Kapach, which is a, a very important contemporary parish on the Rambam, has a different reading as well. But all of this, the bottom line is, the way Arison takes place today under a chuppah is the way Arison was taking place, Bizman HaGemara, Bizman HaRambam, as far as the process, the timing we know is much different as we discussed in last week's Shear. Have a great week of learning.